Today we are beginning a six-week series entitled Anchoring Truth for Turbulent Times. When we look up the word anchor in the dictionary, it uh, calls to mind the anchor we heard about in Wendy's children's sermon, that big metal object that you throw over the side of the boat to hold it in place, and that indeed is the first definition of what an anchor is. But if you go to the second definition, it says this, and I quote, a source of security and stability. Let me say that again. A source of security and stability. Well, not everyone's going to carry an anchor around in their trunk or keep it in their garage. We all need the anchor of security and stability to handle the storms of life. Many will reach out for an anchor that will not hold, promises that will fail, objects of trust that will only break hearts and lives. In the following five weeks, Nate is going to highlight promises from Scripture, anchors that will hold, promises that will not fail, objects of trust that will not let you down. As we fold fast to these anchors, God will lead us through the storms of life until one day he brings us into that ultimate harbor of security and safety. The first topic in this series I have entitled Anchoring Your Body, both of them. We're going to talk about the two bodies that you uh, have responsibility for, your physical body and the participation you have in the body of Christ. We need to be build up these bodies so that we can hold on to the anchors that Nate will be talking about. You see, as we build up our strength and our own health in our body, our physical body, and as long as we build up that same strength in our church, we can hold on to an anchor. We can hold on to an anchor like a chain. And yet, when our bodies fail and when our fellowships fall apart, really we're only held together, sometimes it feels like a thread. So this morning, rather than focusing on the anchor, we're going to talk about some ways we can build up our bodies to hold on to the anchors that we're going to hear about. First, there is our physical body. This is a topic that doesn't get much treatment in our churches today. In fact, I've never preached on the stewardship of the physical body. In fact, I've never even heard of a sermon talking about the stewardship of our physical body. However, Scripture mentions it more than a hundred times, how we need to think about and revere and take care of and steward the physical body. It's the body that God made a creation and said, this is good. Secondly, we're going to look at the body of Christ, the body that we share with other people, the fellowship that we have in the church. First, let's look at the physical body. Reading from our passage of Scripture today, Romans 12, 1, let me read this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Begins with the word therefore. Now, my, past, my dad as a pastor would preach and he would tell his congregation that every time they saw the word therefore, it's a conjunction. He should, you should ask yourself, why is, what is it there for? So everything that's gone before, now we're going to say, therefore, 
he's going to make an appeal. Um, Paul's going to make an appeal to us based on what he's just talked about in the first 11 chapters of Romans. He talks about these mercies of God that he has just talked about. What are these mercies of God? Well, in chapter 5, he talks about the freedom we have from death. You and I will never die. He talks about, in chapter 6, the freedom from sin. It's bondage, addiction, lusts, and pride, the proclivity it has to destroy our lives. We have freedom. In chapter 7, we have freedom from legalism, a dysfunctional relationship to the law, the tyrannies of do's and don'ts. In chapter 8, he talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers you and me to become like the Son of God. And in chapter 11, he highlights all the promises, the faithful promises God will keep to you, his child. Because of this freedom from death, freedom from sin, freedom from legalism, the gift of the Spirit, this highlighting of faithfulness, because of these mercies, he now urges us, as the Scripture um, was the translation of that word, but it's also a much stronger word than urge. It's, it's translated beseech, beg, plead. Because of these mercies, he pleads with you to make your body a living sacrifice. Why do you pick the analogy of living sacrifice? It's because a sacrifice is 100%. When you sacrifice an animal, you can't sacrifice part of an animal. It's the whole animal. When you sacrifice your life, you can't sacrifice part of it, your soul, your mind, your foot, your activity. It's your whole life. It's your whole body. It reminds me of the story, the barnyard story, where the pig and chicken are talking in the barnyard, and the chicken says to the pig, isn't it an honor that we're going to be part of the farmer's Thanksgiving breakfast? And the pig thinks a minute and he says, easy for you to say. You're making a donation. I'm making a sacrifice. He had it right. Sacrifices are your whole selves. And this is what Paul is asking for, no more and no less than your whole life, your whole body. Well, let us look at what can we do with these bodies? What can we do to steward the body and the gift that God has given us in the flesh to serve him, to hold on to the anchors of life? What can we do to be good stewards of our health? Now, I'm going to give a disclaimer right at this point. Your health is a gift from God. Whether it's a one-talent gift or a ten-talent gift, whatever the state of your health is a gift from God. Whether you're sitting in a wheelchair or whether you're standing on two legs, whether you have 20-20 vision or you need glasses or you're blind, condition that you find yourself in is a gift of God. And that's all he asks you to steward, where you're at today. I think of the famous testimony of Johnny Erickson, a woman, a young woman that was paralyzed when she dove into a shallow lake and broke her neck and was paralyzed from the neck down. So disappointed with her state of health that she wanted to commit suicide, although she was paralyzed and couldn't even do that. But then she realized she needed to be a steward of her body, a steward of the gifts that God had left her. And she learned to draw with a pencil in her lips that she drew great works of art. She learned to write by dictating books. She learned to speak by practicing breathing. She stewarded the health she had. And that's all God's asking us to do. Body and the health that he has given us Let's look at four scriptures 
of how we can do that. First of all, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Are you not, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This scripture tells us a couple things. First of all, it tells you that you are not your own. You are not your own. You were purchased with a price. That price was God's blood on the cross. You no longer belong to yourself, but you belong to God. If uh, Matthias here handed me a book, and it gave me his book, and it was a cherished book, and he said, I can steward it, I can use it, and I, sure enough, and I, I look through it, and I start reading through it, and I, hey, that's pretty interesting, and I rip out a page here, and, and I rip out a page here, and in fact, you know what, my, my pulpit's a little confused, and I tear the book in half, and I, I put it under there, and, and a little while later, Matthias comes back to me, and where's my book? And I hand him these crumpled pages and this ripped text. He would rightly be very disappointed in how I treated his book. We are God's. Our bodies are not our own. They belong to God. If we realize that, we have the first step in stewardship, that we have to take care of our bodies because they are no longer ours, but they're God's. The second step is that our bodies are dedicated as temples to the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are his temple. How should we treat the temple of God? How would we take care of it? How should you take care of it? Should you neglect it? Should you abuse it? Should you disregard it? Or should it be as um, tempered and fine a temple as possible? We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We belong to God and we are now his temple. And because of that, we have some guidelines on what we should be doing to practice healthy behaviors. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, in your sleeping, in your rising, in your waking, in your days, in your walking, in your exercise, in your eating, everything you do should honor Jesus Christ. This is the stewardship we have to live a healthy lifestyle. Everything we do should contribute to the health of our bodies. Now, we can go to two extremes. We can worship um, conditioning and working out, and, and we can spend the, too much time on the temple and not the Holy Spirit within it. But I think most of us fall in the category that I do of neglecting to take care of the body that God has given us. Not being careful what we put in that body, what we eat or drink, as the Scripture tells us, or how we exercise, or how we sleep, or what we spend our time on. And sometimes we comfort ourselves by saying, well, I'm only hurting myself when we reach for that second piece of cake, or we knock the alarm off instead of getting up and exercising. But no, we're not just hurting ourselves. We're hurting God's body. It's not ours. He gave it to us to be a steward, to eat well, to exercise well, to respond to the health care that our doctors give us, to do the medications, to, to practice good hygiene. All of these things allow us to live a healthy lifestyle and serve God with our bodies. Well, some of us confess that this is tough. That second piece of cake or, or hitting that alarm is just too tough. Well, the scriptures again give us an answer. 
And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. When was the last time you gave a blow to your body? Or you struck it? Well, he's doing some, that's spiritual discipline. If you can't control your eating, God has given us the discipline of fasting. My sister fasts one day a week. She's in great health. She fasts one day a week just to help her discipline. Of the, the food will not control her life, but she will control it. The di- fasting and, and discipline of exercise, the discipline of getting up early in the morning, getting your rest at night, not watching that extra TV show, all those things. Maybe we need to fast from what we watch on TV. Maybe we need to fast from some food or behavior so that we control our body. This is the way we get it under discipline so that we can practice a healthy lifestyle. What must you do then to live a healthy lifestyle? Maybe you need to reconsider that you are not your own. You are the temple of of the Holy Spirit, needing to live a lifestyle by disciplining yourself. But there's another body the body of Christ, the body, the church of Jesus Christ. Let's read again in this passage, Romans 12, we'll read verse 4 through 8. Just for as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is in serving, then serve. If it is in teaching, then teach. If it's in encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is also to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Let's look at four things that this passage teaches us about building a strong body spiritually. First of all, it talks about do not, re- do not consider yourself um, higher than you ought. Humility is required. Back in verse um, 3 of that text, let me just read that. For by grace have you given to you, I bid every one of you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think sober in judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. The first step in being part of the body of Christ is to show humility. It's not about you. It's about us. Humility will be required if we're going to do that second step, which is to appreciate the gifts of others. There's several wonderful encouragers in this church. Owen Steer would used to send me notes of encouragement to both me and my wife. And recently, Sharon Gutowski has passed on that, taken over that role. And I'll, I'll see Sharon's name on the outside of an envelope, and I'll know inside that there's a gift of tremendous encouragement of something I did, something she noticed, something my wife did at the piano or, or in the church. What a wonderful encourager she is. And yet, for over 40 years, she's served in this church, in its Sunday school, in its club programs, and setting up all those games at rally day, She served and she appreciates in her humility the gifts of others. And finally, and thirdly, 
Not only do we um, require our own humility to recognize other gifts, but we need to use the gifts that God gave us. We just had a litany of gifts that are possible in the church that we just read. And certainly they're upfront gifts that we see each week. We see Pastor Nate behind the pulpit. We see Matthias singing, leading uh, the music along with John and others. And there's the obvious upfront gifts. But everyone listening to my voice has a gift to share with this church. What is your gift? How are you using it in the life of this church? That's what builds us up. Not just the few up front, but the entire church, everyone contributing their gift to the church. Many people say the church is sort of like a uh, NFL football game. There's 22 people on the field desperately needing rest and 70,000 people in the stands desperately needing exercise. We need to balance this out where everyone is doing their part, no matter how small or how hidden, that we all contribute to the health of the church in our prayers, in our stewardship, in our giving, in our using our gifts of teaching and encouragement. What's your gift? And how are you sharing it in this church? And then finally, the last verses at the end of the passage that we just read is verse 9 and 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. The final ingredient is to love one another as much love brothers and sisters. Jesus said they will know we are Christians by our love. What will bind us together as a church? What will bind us together as the body of Christ? It's the love we have for one another. At this time, there's unprecedented uh, disagreements uh, tension, pressure in our society, whether it comes from COVID or politics or whatever way. It's a difficult, difficult time. And yet as a church, no matter how much we disagree particular, on particular points, we can demonstrate a love for one another that puts the other person above ourselves. This is a chance for the church to shine as it shows unity and love for one another. This is a way that we can build up our strength as a church. So I ask you this morning, how will you build up your body, both of them? Do you need to think about your physical and stewarding of your physical health? Do you need to realize that your body is not your own, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you need to think about how you can live that healthy lifestyle, maybe in what you eat or your exercise or responding to um, uh, medical care? You need to learn how to discipline your body so that you can do those things that will have that kind of health. And then for your spiritual body, are you demonstrating humility? Are you putting other people first? Are you appreciating the gift of others and thanking them and encouraging them? Are you using your gift? What is it and how can you use it in this church? And finally and most importantly, are we showing love to one another? Are we showing the world that we are united in our love for one another that comes from our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you do those things, then we won't be holding on to our anchors by a string that can be broken. We'll be holding on to our anchor by a chain. And it will hold in the tempest 
and trials of life 